The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. Let's go, baby! Are you ready for a break? Uh, yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. It is Wednesday, February 21st, 2018, season 13, episode number 103. Welcome to another edition of The Break, live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star, joined by Nick Eatman and David Hellman. Amber Garcia is not with us today. She is out vacationing on the beautiful island of the Dominican Republic. We'll be back with us hopefully next week, um, actually the week after that, because next week Dave um, will be out at the Combine and we'll be doing draft shows all week next week. Best uh, week of the year. Yeah, so we'll be back on the air after this show. We'll be back on the air in two weeks, uh, ready to talk some more Cowboys football. Best week of the year. Starts. Best week of the year. For you? Just yeah. Or just in football? Not oh, every no. year. I was about to say, like, no. there's a lot of ways you delimit that, and I still don't think it's true in any of them. I. It's usually five degrees, and you get to watch people in their underwear. It's true. It's just. It's, well, maybe it's, he likes that. It's the whole. Maybe it's Tommy John. It's maybe. Well, I'll have the Tommy John. I can't speak for the players. They'll probably be wearing something else. All right. It's the whole, the whole kitten caboodle. Like everybody in the league is there, and like the. The power brokers are there, and people are having meetings and doing stuff that's going to shape the league, and all like everybody in the media is there, so you get to see friends that you don't see that often. Maybe you get to go out and get dinner or drinks with people you don't see that often, and obviously you get to you know talk to and look at this incoming crop of of draft guys. Which if you're into the draft, that's really exciting, and the Joneses are going to tell us some stuff about what's going on with the team. So it's just, I mean, short of short of actually. Playing games, it's probably the most fun thing that happens on the Cowboys beat. Any chance you can find me a social media person while you're out there? I, Everybody around the league's there. Based on the way the last 24 hours have gone, I bet you I'll get asked about it. You'll have me 20? You'll probably bring me 20. I'll be asked about it a couple dozen times if I had to guess. This may be like the hottest job we've ever listed. That's like, unbelievable. I swear, everybody in our office has brought me at least one person. It's Well, you just opened it up even <laughs> right there. Well, when I put it out on Twitter, I got plenty of responses there well, as well. Break listeners, tweet at Derek Eagleton. <laughs> I mean, we are looking for a social media coordinator. It's uh, it's one of the few jobs that like everybody in the world already does. Or thinks they can do. Well, no, no, but they coordinate their own social media. Yeah, but that's a, that's a loosely it, used term, it is, coordinate. But right? I'm just saying... I've got Twitter. I've got Facebook. I can do this, right? That's what they think. Yeah, no doubt. That's and what they think. Derek puts their applications on the floor immediately. <laughs> I don't do it that that abruptly. Not that harshly. Okay. But um, all right. So let's get it. Let's get to it. We got a lot of things I want to talk about today. I want to at some point talk a little bit about this franchise tag uh, that the Cowboys are expected to use on Demarcus Lawrence. Let's talk a little. We're going to talk a little bit about what that will mean for the team and how it may affect free agency. I want to talk about one particular player that has already been tagged that, um, and how that could or could not affect the Cowboys. Um, I want to talk a little bit about Combine. Actually, Dave, we're going to give you an opportunity to give us some names for those of us who are not the, the draft nuts that have been listening to the draft show every show, uh, some names of people maybe we can follow at the Combine next week and keep an eye on. But before we do that, uh, Nick, I know there was a little bit of a news report that we're kind of expecting to come out here over the next couple of days. It seems like there's nothing official at this point, but it seems like there are the Cowboys have kind of we, in putting the pieces together yeah. that they've gotten to a point where they kind of have their coaching staff 
uh, ready. We would expect in the next few days there may be an announcement on that. What do we know at this point? I, I expect okay. it somewhere yeah. today between two and five is where I, I when I expect well, that. There's tell people why. I mean, like, well, we have a company event that for our group that we're all going to be somewhere between two and five. And typically, when that happens, is a <laughs> good time. Good time to break news. The news gets gets broken. So uh, it, it's not really breaking news because uh, most of the positions on the coaching staff that we've been talking about we've already kind of loosely reported for the Cowboys for some reason have decided to lump all these in together uh for coaching even though they're here they're they're wearing the blue star they're eating so they're kind of already on staff but but we'll, we'll get all of the the entire coaching moves and, and some of them are guys that are moving around so just to kind of highlight that in case you've been keeping up with it a little bit. The, the new hires include offensive line coach Paul Alexander has been with the Bengals for many, many years. Um, Sanjay Lal is the wide receivers coach, yeah, the, the new receivers coach. Uh, ben Bloom is moving from um, just, I guess, special projects to he'll be the linebacker coach replacing Matt Eberflus, who's in Indianapolis still. Uh, um, <laughs> Keith O'Quinn is the no, new, actually. new special teams uh, coordinator replacing Rich Basaccia. And then um, th those are – oh, also, and probably the biggest news, sorry, the, the biggest name is Chris Richard is the um, secondary coach. And in my opinion, uh, I, I think the, the new Eberflus on this staff of the guy that could move his way into a coordinator's position he had in Seattle. And Seattle's defense was really good, obviously. Yeah, obviously. So, and the secondary was the best part of that yeah. defense. Yeah, other, other names, assistant guys, stuff like that. Am I missing another position? Tight ends. Coach? Tight ends coach. Did they settle on one? Yeah, they did. They, they, they Stay did. tuned. I forgot. No, <laughs> it's uh, – that we, we've, we announced it. I, for, I forgot exactly what his name was. Yeah. But, uh, um, they're also going to hire uh, assistant special teams coach. Um, or actually, a defensive assistant, Ken Amato, that, that hasn't been announced yet. Oh, yeah, it was Doug Nussmeyer. Nussmeyer. Right. Forgot yeah. about that. Of all the guys that, that kind of— LSU for six days? For, like, a cup of coffee, yeah. Sweet. For all the guys that we've kind of pieced together here, uh, just kind of following, you know, what's happening with individual guys, is there any particular area where you feel like the Cowboys upgraded or downgraded? Is there any—I mean, it's hard to say with a coach that they downgraded because you just don't know what he's going to bring to the table until you see the results yeah. of what he does— but but even from the standpoint of just like upgraded, do you think there's an area yeah. where you feel better about that position with whoever they brought in versus who was here last yeah, year? Yeah, Paul Alexander. I mean, Paul Alexander to me is he's got so many years, uh, 25, 27 years with the Bengals. Um, I think that you know, and he's he's worked with players, developed them into All Pros, into Pro Bowls. Now he's dealing with some first round guys that have already established there can take really great players maybe to another level. I, he's somebody that I think um, can help this team. But there's two more that I, I would pick. We'll see what well, Dave goes the, with. the obvious one is Richard, um, which I feel bad saying that he's like an upgrade over Matt Eberflus because I think Matt Eberflus was a hell of a coach. But I mean, you're getting a guy who was a coordinator last year for one of the and has been involved with one of the best defenses in the league and whose specialty is defensive backs. Um, you just, I mean, you got to view that as, as pretty exciting when you consider the resources this team has spent on defensive back in the last year or so. So, uh, you know, and we've heard reports that Byron Jones might be moving to corner and Cheeto Wouzier might be playing safety and all that, whatever. I don't, I don't know. And it seems unnecessary to speculate about it right now, to be honest. But, um, but I mean, a guy like that having an influence on all those young DBs can only be a good thing. So.
And, you know, we, we hear the word coach a lot. We, t- we typically don't call them teachers, but there's one guy that has been dubbed that a lot is this Sanjay Lal. From, um, he's been in different places as a wide receivers coach, but really a good teacher is, is what he keeps getting uh, categorized as. And this team, this wide receiver group needs to be taught, I think, better. I mean, when it comes to, to route running, when it comes to scheme, when, what we're doing with the different coverages. And so um, hopefully if he can do that, and I don't know what's going to happen to receiver. I don't know. Well, Dez is, you know, that's a whole other show. But if Dez does come back, let's give him the opportunity to have a different voice in the room a little bit because, I mean, no offense to Derek Dooley, but but I don't, those receivers were, were kind of doing their own thing, and I, I think they needed a different voice. Whether or not the, they got the right one, they needed a different voice. I'll paraphrase a quote I saw from uh, from Coach Lau about – is it how you pronounce it? I Lau? think so, Lau. Um, but one of the uh, quote, and I'll paraphrase it, it was basically saying that he believes in the art of route running, and he believes that that's something that you have that, – that, that is the most important characteristic of wide receivers that you have to work on. If that's the case, and if he brings that mentality here, I think it can only be good for this uh, this wide receiving core. Which, again, I don't think they're bad wide receivers. I just don't think that they have. They're ne- not none of them, in my opinion, other than maybe Cole, is is really quick, extremely quick or fast enough that even without great route running, they're going to get open. Um, but great route running makes guys who are okay, like kind of fast makes them much faster. It makes them play much faster, I think. So if you can get that, I think I think that helps. Helps your quarterback, too, with knowing where the guy will, will be at, at all times. We know what kind of route he's going to run, and, and you know, and he, and he has a good understanding. they got to be on the same page. I mean, something's got to change with the receiver position where they're going to be. If it's not personnel, which it will be a little bit, if it's not contract, um, it's going to have to be their performance. And I think maybe, you know, a different guy in the room will help. So those, those three, I mean, he said it, Richard, uh, Sanjay Lyle, and I think Paul Alexander are the three that, that are, I think, the, maybe the biggest changes there. I would agree. I mean, this is, in my opinion, I, I think Richard is the biggest of the three because the thing that those two units have in common, the offensive line and the wide receivers, is they're full of veteran guys. Whereas with the exception of Orlando Skandrick, it's true. Everybody in the secondary is, you know, year three or younger. Yeah. So, I mean. For now. Well, for, yeah, I mean, yeah, absolutely. We, I mean. We don't know what's going to. I mean, you don't really know. I mean, no. if, if you went they're down. They're going to add a veteran. You, the list, you know they're going to add eight and, and if you went down the list, if you went down the list and looked at, you know, if you just said, hey, give me a name of a veteran player that's been here for a while that if you thought he wasn't going to be here next year, the most likely one not to be here next year. I think more often than not, you probably hear Orlando's name. That doesn't mean it's going to happen that he will or will not be here. But I think there's at least some, you know, some people believe that there's, there's a good chance he won't be. Here. Speculation every year about anybody that's got a contract. I mean, that's pretty much. But I'll say this though, this isn't the first year of that. You know, the, the right. speculation, and he did come back. His contract is not one that you have to get rid of. Absolutely, it's actually favorable. Getting rid of him would be more about we we believe but, the young guys are ready to play and we want to get them on. But the field. that being said, contracts that are favorable to keep are also favorable to trade, typically. Yeah. So you you know if 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 he's somebody that you would want to trade. And to be honest with you, the only reason I think it's it's even worth talking about is because the way Orlando was sounding was more like yeah. I'd be okay if I weren't here. Like regardless, I, that's at least the way it sounded to me. Regardless of whether he's here or not, eighty percent of the guys in that room next year are going to be twenty six or younger. I mean, yeah. so yeah. And and the the most veteran guy of the group is maybe changing positions, right? Well, him or him. Well, he don't forget Jeff. Yeah, but 
Even, no. I mean, Jeff's not exactly old either. I mean, yeah, he just right. finished his fourth year, so. Nobody's gotten to a second it, contract in that room. Jeff. But goat years. Yeah, though. okay. Goat years, yeah. In goat years, he's like 30, he's 38. There we in go. In goat years. He's had one goat year. Uh, he is the three-time leader in interceptions on this team. Three years in a row. Okay. Well, that's a game. lot about Jameis is not on the this schedule team. this year. Jameis and, and, and Rodgers. It says a lot about Jeff Heath. I won't <laughs> hear anything to the contrary. All right, let's jump into free agency. I'm sorry, franchise tag. Um, Cowboys or the NFL has just uh, opened up the franchise tagging period uh, where teams may place the tag on a player of their choosing. Um, the Cowboys are expected to place the tag on Demarcus Lawrence. My first question for you guys is, um, how much money is this going to cost? And I'll, I'll combine that with another question. Is that, and this is a, a point of clarification, I think fans need to understand, does that money, as soon as you tag the player, immediately hit the cap because it is a one-year guaranteed deal? It, does that immediately hit the cap? Um, and then we'll talk about maybe how that affects the team. A couple fun things there, which I, I assume the NFL has made this information public to the teams. It's not public to us but i assume the teams know because it seems ridiculous that you have to put a tag on a guy not knowing what his franchise cost is but as i i don't know what the numbers are they're not publicly available i mean you could go you can do the math and get a basic idea yeah it's i mean that you know the average salary of the top five guys at the position it would cost the cowboys somewhere in the neighborhood of 17 million dollars like 17 and a half million dollars to tag him Mm -hmm. um yeah, that hits the cap. Yeah, and it hits the cap immediately. It's part of, I mean, when you, you have to be under the salary cap on March 14th at the start of the new league, new league year, that's part of it. If you put the tag on DeMarcus, that's accounting for $17 million of your cap space. So that big a number, $17 million, do the Cowboys have to do anything as far as player movement to get $17 million on their cap for this year without going over? They're at they have that. They're okay. at something like nineteen or twenty. The problem is not getting under, which it has been in recent years. Yeah. The problem is not getting under. The problem is if you tag Demarcus and don't sign him, then the tag money is eating into what you can Period. spend on other people a lot. Um, which even that's not necessarily a problem. Uh, you can, they can restructure a lot of contracts, right? I doubt they will. Like you just look you look around and it doesn't seem like a good idea to be playing with people's money. I mean, we've talked ad nauseum already about Maybe you want to get rid of Dez, so I don't know why you would push his money forward. Uh, but there are other guys you could consider, right? Tyron Smith is a guy, but he's had two straight years of back injuries. Do you want to mess with his Travis money? Frederick, maybe? Frederick is the Frederick. one guy that really makes a lot of right. sense. You assume he's going to be fine. So I would imagine they'll redo his deal at some point, which I think frees up something like $7 million in space. Could you do something like that with now? Maybe you don't want to because you don't know if his long term viability. But somebody like Crawford, who makes a, a significant amount of money, because I'm thinking about contracts that are that are eating up a significant amount of money. Are there ways to decrease that amount to hit your cap this year? Yeah, the answer is almost always yeah. And I, but I think Tyrone is in a similar boat where like, and I haven't looked at this. I should have looked at this before we went on the show. I'm sorry, but like if you. If you bump his money this year, then it makes it harder to cut him next year. Whereas, like, it, the way it is right now, if you just absolutely want to get out of his deal, you could do it pretty easily next year. So it's all oh, a matter of 
how much do you want money right now versus how much do you want your salary cap to be healthy in the long run? That speaks volumes to what this team is because you can't find a lot of guys that are locked up that you feel really great about. I mean, because Frederick is one of them, and that's why he's a candidate. Zach Martin doesn't have a, a big contract right. yet. Uh, Tyron Smith is a is, – yes, you like what he's doing, but injury-wise kind of scares you. Tyrone Crawford's a guy that's got a lot of money, but like Dave said, Dave's already talking about how – Next year, you might cut him because you just don't know. If he has another year where you're just like, well, it was pretty good, then he's making, you know, he's, he's upside down. And that's also the thing about having a young team, right? You got a relatively young team. Yeah. Your quarterback doesn't make a lot of money. Your star running back doesn't make a lot of money. There are a lot of guys on this team who are playing significant roles for you that don't, that haven't gotten that second contract but yet. They will. But I will. Well, and I would also yeah, argue. It's a factor you have to think about, yeah. especially from Zeke's standpoint. Yeah. You know, if Zeke, well, I say that. I don't know for sure. They, yeah. Zeke, Zeke's not making a little bit of money. Like that's I mean, true. He is comparing highly, Zeke's contract yeah. to Dax is not very fair. I mean, right, right, he's right. on the books for like twenty-four million. Think about the right. about that contract though, too. And and this is just a point of note. It's not guaranteed, right? Yeah. It, there's nothing guaranteed about it. So, yeah. uh, you know, that doesn't that certainly that certainly will allow you to maybe restructure him if you wanted to. I and I don't know the rules if there are rules about the first contract and you restructuring a first contract or not, but. Um, I want to say you can't. You can't. Or what, what you get coming out of college is what you get. Teams, After, teams don't do it. I mean, I'm, yeah, I've not really heard of that. So that's yeah, I gotta look into that. But that's not a thing that teams do for one. Yeah. And I assume it's CBA related. So uh, it's just most of this team's like big money contracts don't look great right now. I'm like Tyron Smith signed like the most team friendly deal in the history of team friendly. So did uh, so did uh, Sean Lee. Right. Yeah, well, and which well, you don't want to touch Sean's money right. based on you know everything you know about him. And I've said over and over again, I think Tyron's going to be fine in the long run. But it sounds kind of scary to be pushing his money forward when he has been as banged up as he has the last two years. So you kind of have a shortage of of options when it comes to freeing up that salary cap space. Which, and I think that's why you've heard so many people talking about this. The big one is is Zach Martin because he in it's not the franchise tag, but he's basically set to play on a one year deal right now too because of his fifth year option. He's supposed to play. He's on a one year deal that's going to count something like nine and a half million toward the salary cap, um, which is why go ahead get that get get that extension out of the way and it can help even though it's a big figure it can help your cap in the long run because you would imagine his year one charge would be less than what his charge is right now. So. Those are the two things that I look at, um, signing Zach Martin and maybe finagling with Travis Frederick's money. You could always, um, Witten's another guy. If you just assume he's going to play forever, you could probably do something with his money. Why too. wouldn't you assume he's going to yeah, play Yeah, exactly. So he so, just signed an extension last year, so he's got four years that you can push into the future or whatever. So, I mean, there's a couple options. Like, I think when it's all said and done, even with putting the tag on Demarcus Lawrence, I think they'll probably have something like six to eight million in cap room to play with. So to avoid all that is obviously getting a deal done with him. And we're going to hold you on that one. We're going to take our first break. When we come back, I want to talk about that. How should, uh, should the fans expect that they're going to do a deal with DeMarcus Lawrence um, that will ease some of that burden from a 17 million hit this year? We'll do that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com radio. It can be hard to find the right resource for learning about important financial matters. You search how to build savings, you end up reading about the one weird ingredient from supermarkets that can make you taller. That's why Bank of America built BetterMoneyHabits.com, a safe little corner of the Internet for answering your financial questions. 
Full of simple videos and tips, Better Money Habits can show you how to make the most of your money without resorting to random searches that always seem to lead to unbelievable photos of childhood stars grown up. To learn more, visit BetterMoneyHabits.com. What does it mean to be a Dallas Cowboys fan? It means you've got the passion and the heart to do your part supporting the boys no matter what. That's why when the game's on the line, you're on your feet, whether you're at home or in the stands. Actually, you're more than a fan. You are a member of Cowboys Nation, and so is AT&T, doing their part to keep you connected to America's team all season long. AT&T is a proud member of Cowboys Nation. Ice cold Dr. Pepper and the Dallas Cowboys go way back. They belong together, like Texas in football, silver and blue, shotgun formations and Hail Marys. Having a Cowboys football party without Dr. Pepper is like having Thanksgiving without the Cowboys. Basically, we wouldn't recommend it. So next time you have a tailgate, home gate, or whatever else kind of gate, grab some ice-cold Dr. Pepper for you and your friends to enjoy. It's a Dallas Cowboys tradition. Dr. Pepper, the one you crave. To work this big land, you need equipment with values rooted as deep in Texas soil as you are. Like John Deere compact tractors with a six-year powertrain warranty and big features that help you work less so you have more time to do what you love. John Deere was first in the Texas fields, and we're proud to be on the field as the official ag and turf equipment of the Dallas Cowboys. Find Texas-sized deals at myjohndeerdealer.com slash football. Terms, conditions, exclusions, and warranty limitations apply. See dealer for details. Back to the break. Welcome back. It's the second segment of The Break Live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. We're talking franchise tags. And uh, we're talking about DeMarcus Lawrence, what the Cowboys are going to do with him. Dave, you got something to say? I just... Every football fan's favorite topic, bookkeeping. Yeah. <laughs> Woo! Man, it's this time of the year where you're like, man, I would love to have a game coming up this Sunday. Honestly, I, I mean, I can't speak for everybody, but, like, I, I enjoy that aspect of yeah. it. I Like, team building and finagling the money and the rosters. I wish – I feel like I've got a pretty good grasp on it for somebody – for a, a layman, so to speak, but I wish I could be more involved in it. You know, I like following it, and I don't remember. I'm pretty sure you were not here during this. The that one year when we had the, I don't know if what you call it, lockout, whatever yeah, it was, the work stoppage. That that year, free agency was fun because basically everything got compared. I didn't know what word you were gonna say. <laughs> it wasn't fun for Nick. It kind of started but, out that way. I thought you were talking about something else. Yeah, right. No, but but just the that because everything was contracted because oh yeah, basically got to wait. And once players were allowed to come back, then there was like a period of what, Nick, a week, two weeks oh, yeah. when guys were getting signed. And so like across the league and I like following across the league, all, all the movement of players. But when you put all that into a short period of time, oh, man, it was a blast. I remember it as a fan, yeah. I, like 12 hours after it was over, like the Saints had signed Darren Sproles and all this other. I was just it like, was crazy. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. I, I wish. And actually, there was some talk at the time, like, should the NFL maybe consider like doing that like making your free agency period be yeah. a finite amount of time so there's like a two-week period a three-week period where all free agency has to happen and i thought that that'd be a great yeah. great move because it does it, it forces teams to you know either do it or don't but everything's going to be compacted in that period of time i don't think you could really do that with all the different circumstances around the league and reasons why guys hang around but it would be nice if there was a way, you know, like we always it's it's a strategy teams use. Like you can kind of hold guys hostage and like let the money bleed out before you try right. to, you know, I wish there was a way to make a rule against that so that teams couldn't just leverage against players and stuff. like. Don't that. you look at like around the league, around sports and other leagues and just I mean, the NBA for one and just think, man, 
what a mess that is. Now we might, you might like, if you were in it, you might understand it a lot better. But it, it, when you say a mess, what are you talking about? What are you saying? Well, I'm just talking about just the way the contracts are, where oh. Jeremy Lin can trigger something in his deal and he makes twelve million dollars or something like that. NBA is like another language. I mean, like, yeah, like you trade guys for the purposes of cutting them. Like, yeah, yeah. like yeah. you trade a guy. And I'm trading to get I'm him so I can get rid, so can get get rid, rid of, of his contract. Like all, all that doesn't make weird. sense. Yeah. Max contracts and salary dumps and all that. It's like a whole nother. I don't understand it at all. Yeah, I'm sure if we were on. You know, Mavs break. I guess maybe we'd have more to talk about there and be able to figure that out. But let's, I just can't. And we'd have a lot I can't. to talk about. So let's <laughs> well, just, yeah, let's, <laughs> let's go ahead and move on from that. Yeah, good. Um, good. Let's let's talk about more on the franchise tag with Demarcus Lawrence. Nick, you started talking about that before we went to break, and just talking about the fact that you know, how does this affect you then from the standpoint of does that force you to now move a little quicker if you wanted to sign Demarcus Lawrence to do that a little faster? to free up more money. Do you think that affects their their thought process and what they're doing with him? Well, I, I think it should. I mean, you know, you're gonna you're gonna try to get a, a deal done. I mean, and, and the thing that that it does is uh, you know, you're talked about Dave talked about like not knowing the number and all that. I think it's a, probably a good thing. I think teams are glad that it's not out there because, you know, they're not necessarily saying that they're going to tag him. Obviously, it's an option. But even when it's thrown out there like that, that's that's the starting point. Once you tag him, and now you have to work on getting a deal, that's the starting point. Seventeen million per season, you know. I mean, or at least is for, it though? I mean, I mean, it, because the way I look at it, there is there is a price. Yeah, to, it's a starting point because it, I, I'm saying it doesn't mean it doesn't go down. Right. But you 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 already gave me a tag. I got you. Yeah. And so now that's factored it, in. That becomes yeah. leverage to some degree for either right. side. Well, yeah. Oh, you want to make me fourteen a year or thirteen a year? That's fine. Six years. You know, I mean, or something like that. So, or I'll just take the seventeen for a year. I can yeah. always just do that, and yeah. then I'll go back next year, and somebody else will pay me fifteen per year after that. So, yeah, that's what makes this, and that's you know, it's out there, and and that's sort of the accepted strategy is that the Cowboys are going to wait until the deadline, which is March March sixth, to put the tag on Demarcus because they want to try to get a deal done. I just don't think that's realistic at all. Really. Yeah, because you, what's what's what would be the the holdup? What holds this this kind of deal up from getting done? Um, the fact that I assume the Cowboys don't want to make him the highest paid defensive end in football. I assume. Would you think that that's what he would be asking for? I think he could come close to getting it on the open market. I mean, Olivier Vernon got eighty five million dollars yeah. two years ago, and his career production was awfully similar to Lawrence's. I mean, and Lawrence has had back problems two of the four years of his career. He broke his foot as a rookie and got suspended his third season. Like there's, and, and on top of that, and for those reasons and others, he's only had one like really, really quality season. He had a pretty good year in 15. And then last year, obviously he really blew up. So I don't know that I don't know that the track record is there to just want to hand him this crazy amount of money. And and Nick's right. Like that's the starting point. So I just did the math. I mean, 17 over four is 70 million and 17 over five is 85. So you're talking about a significant chunk of money for a guy that I wouldn't be surprised if they're not convinced he's worth it. But that kind of deal, you're not guaranteeing the last year, two years. No, but track, right? I mean, you're probably talking about half of that being guaranteed. Yeah, a lot of yeah maybe about half of it. Right? Vernon Vernon got 52 guaranteed or right. something like yeah. that. And, and like, I mean, Olivier Vernon had like 25 career sacks when he got that deal. Like, is it fair? No, but the open market's out there and there are teams with hundreds of million dollars of cap space who would be happy to pay him. And, and if I'm Lawrence and his agent, I have all the leverage 
well, not all the leverage, but he's got some pretty good leverage right now to be like, I, I don't have to do anything for a while. I'm not signing anything until March. What's the deadline? Six is the deadline to put the tag on him. He doesn't have to sign anything until July. Yeah, six. But I wouldn't do anything until March six because is, make them give me the, the 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 tag or a deal that I can't refuse. Right. You know, and because then once you give them the tag, then you well you tag me. But even at that, is it not a a smart move for him? Even after he gets the tag, let's assume they give him the tag on March sixth. Is it not a, a good idea for him to then at that point say, I'm not doing a deal until I see what happens in free agency? Because that helps shape his deal as well. I don't know what other de- defensive ends are out there, but that will help shape the market. Sure. And he will say, hey, that guy over there didn't have as many sacks as I did. He got this amount. Right. Right. So that right. that also can help him, I would assume. It can go the other way, too, if those guys are less than what he's shooting for. But I certainly think that that's that could also be a part of the thinking, right? I guess I'll I'll play devil's advocate for a minute too and say, you know, you know, DeMarcus has said before, you know, he loves the organization, he knows how they feel about him, they've been loyal to him, all that good stuff. Maybe if they if they make him an offer that he think is is fair that maybe doesn't reach up into that stratosphere, maybe he'd be willing to sign it just cuz that's the type of dude he is, yeah. but I, that's what agents are for, and I think any any <laughs> talk you out of yeah any good agent would good be guy. like, nah, man, no, nah, we're not doing that. And <laughs> so to your point, um, I I could be wrong, but like I don't remember very often where a franchise tag guy signs a new deal before right. May, June, July. Like you, you're not gonna get tagged and then sign, yeah, while free agency is going on. Yeah, it's just not. Well, a, that's one of the benefits of waiting is that yeah, you do get a chance to see hey, that's on the free uh, market. Homeboy over here got x amount of money so yeah come to the table with at least that or don't even worry about it that type of thing and for years it was the raiders raiders would sign guys to these deals that just totally messed up the whole market they didn't you know? remember that yeah they, they, they were you know well this guy got this money every year they'd mess up the draft and they mess up free agents yeah. it's like god what are y'all doing yeah. messing up the whole league you know, for and, and the Redskins have kind of done that a little bit too. You know, Redskins sign some a lot of high profile players and they get them done. You know, front. And to be bit. honest, Cowboys had a period when they were kind yeah, of doing I mean, that kind of stuff as well. Yeah, I mean, anytime yeah. you overpay for anybody, kind of it changes the market. So yeah. it's not just you're right. It's not just the Raiders, Redskins. The Cowboys have done it too. They haven't done it as much lately. Yeah, they've kind of but, changed that mantra. But you know, one thing that the Cowboys have done is they'll they look at what works around the league. They see that. They see what New England has done at times with the two tight ends and then they were going to do the two tight ends and now that they've seen with these little slot receivers and they tried to do the same thing and so the eagles won the super bowl and they've done a lot of it with free agency and guys in I, I i will be surprised if the cowboys have another free agent year where they just sit back and don't do anything and i'll be surprised i don't really? think it's just yeah. the eagles i think it's the eagles and you go back a couple years giants. before that i mean the giants did they remade their defense but the the broncos they won a super bowl off of, off of revamping their defense so I, through free agency. Yeah, so I think I, I think there's been a lot of instances here in the last three to five years where teams have kind of changed their fortunes. If you have a good team, you can take your team over the hump mm-hmm. by going out and spending a little bit in free agency. I don't, I don't think it'll be a crazy year. I, I I do think they'll they'll be more active though. I really do. I'm I'm interested to see. I I tend to want to agree with you, but like I just where's the money going to come? Yeah, from? that's the thing for me. It's gonna ha- you know realism. And, and you're right, and and it's gonna have to. You know, and, and that's maybe that's the selling point to Demarcus. It's like, listen, if you want to be here, we want you here. You want to be here. Let's play. You know, we we can sit here and play games all you want to. But if you if if we 
if you wait all the way until June or July and we get this deal done and you shave yeah. off 17 million to counting about five or six million this year, how does that help us? Now, you want to help us? You want some a, a badass safety or a corner or another defensive tackle? Let's do this deal. Let's. It's good for all. About, it's going to be good in April and May too, and it gives us money to be players in free agency. That's I think the sell to Demarcus of why. Hey, you're going to be here. Help us, and and, and let's sign these guys. And, and going back to what Dave said, he seems like a good guy. Seems like a guy yeah. that kind of has perspective. Maybe that is something that resonates with him and makes him say, "If I think now, if I think it's a fair deal, like it's not, yeah. it wouldn't be something where I'm just taking a hometown discount to take a hometown hometown discount." Say. But if I think it's a fair deal and it's like this is what I think I'm worth, and maybe it's not the highest paid guy, but I think I'm worth this and I feel good about it, then maybe that does get it done. This is the same guy who celebrated sacks last year by taking money out of a safe. So I don't know. We'll see. But I don't know if there's if there's one thing I don't know if there's this I feel a lot better about this than I did about the Dez situation when it happened three years ago because Marcus has said time and time again like he really doesn't care and he's he's not a politician like he's gonna tell you exactly how he feels he has never been shy about that and he said no he's like my agent's gonna take care of that I know I'm here he at the Pro Bowl he said. Tags fine, contracts fine. I was like, you're the first player to ever say that. Like, I don't remember anybody sounding so laissez-faire about getting tagged. So. But the fact of the matter is, if you play defensive end, if you play quarterback, if you play cornerback, taking the franchise tag, although there's the risk of not having a long term, the amount of money you make changes your life and the generation, yeah. generational wealth of your family. So I, I agree with him. Like, if you're going to give me $17 million for a year, and I'll bet on myself on that, and I'll take that $17 because that's already going to change my life and my kid's life. But on top of that, if I have another good year, I'm back to the same and point next year and can make either, even more as a, as a franchise tag player or if I go into free agency. So, And, yep. and football players are a lot like sports writers in that they're probably not that good in math. Sports writers aren't good in math. for yourself football. or just like uh, I can't count them in I, general. But, I can't but, do basic, but every, basic arithmetic. But basic even even the basic can tell you if I get seventeen checks and I'm making seventeen million, that's pretty good. That's about a million a check. About now, wait. There's gonna be a part that's gonna be taken out of that. I understand. Don't bum me out. I might get half a million. Realism. I might get half a million a week. But hey, go ahead. Right, right, go ahead. Right. I see your point. You know what I mean? I and, and, and I just think that. It, when somebody told that to him, like, oh, I'll take that a million a week. Uh yeah, yeah. So Sign me up. Where I sign? Right. Yeah. Yes, please. And, and he should. I mean, he, he, you know, he's in a, he's in a win-win situation. But, um, but it, like I said, if the Cowboys go to him and say that scenario, like, you know, help us here so we can be players. They better be players. Yeah. They better do it. No doubt about it. Don't, don't, don't. Oh well, it just didn't work out. Better, better go and, and 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 do that. And so, hopefully, it'll you know it, it's going to work out. He's going to be here. Um, it's it's not the first guy though that that you know that the Cowboys are in a a tough situation. You can go back to the last ten years and find players where, for whatever the reason, you have to make a tough decision on. Um, there, it was contract time, and we haven't you know when Zach Martin comes up, everyone knows what Zach Martin is. Like okay, so he deserves it. But it doesn't always work that way. Miles Austin needed a contract, and he'd done it for a year. Mm-hmm. Doug Free needed a contract, and he'd done it for half a year. Tony Romo needed a contract, and he'd done it for 10 games. Uh, it, it happens where you're just like, well, we have to decide here. And it's not. sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But that's also the reason why I'm of the belief that 
that argument right there is what makes me think that a guy like Orlando could be gone is because I think the Cowboys more and more are thinking when we get these young guys in here, we got to get them on the field as soon as possible. And that's our way to be able to know when it's time for that contract, we know what they are. So we know whether we need to invest the money in them or not. And based on what they saw last year, I think they have reason to believe that given opportunities that maybe, just maybe, those two cornerbacks that they drafted can be long-term fits for them. And so from that standpoint, they may be like, we just got to get these guys on the field and playing more because we need to know who they are by the time it's it's time to make a decision on their contracts. Yeah. And that's, I mean, you, that's true, but you can lose games with cornerbacks. And I'm not saying that, that they did, but it's a know, tricky and yeah. it's a, it's a dangerous game to play, but they played it last year. They I played mean, it last year. And they played it without any, any real understanding of what those cornerbacks were. They played it to a dangerous. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So if they would do it last year, what makes you think they wouldn't this year? They got a lot more information to work on this year. Again, they, I think those two guys played admirably for rookie yeah. cornerbacks. They so, were they were rookies to a T. Yeah. I mean, they gave up some plays, some touchdowns, some p- pass interference late in games, but they also played well throughout the game, you know, where it's like you know, they they were helping you. They were getting off the field. They weren't making interceptions really one each, but well, I've gotten used to not having interceptions. Yeah. But really but they definitely give you some some like okay if this is if they're gonna get better than this then, then you know we have a chance to be pretty good yeah assuming Cheeto stays at corner you know and I know I've been on here and said that I I would look at him at safety but I know and a lot I mean I I get my Twitter feed gets kind of blown up when I do that because people don't they're like we finally have a good physical corner why can't we just keep and I like the size at corner like that's the other thing there, there's some big receivers in this division like I, I like the size at corner and um, you know you forget that Brandon Marshall's still sitting over there in New York now I assume he's going to still be there for another year he's a big guy Alshon Jeffrey's a big guy like there's some big guys you have to face in this division I like having some size like right now there's, right. there's but, not a lot right well we'll see see if Byron Jones is playing there or not I don't know but you know, all of us, it becomes kind of but a big... size, at, size and skill. Like I just, I wasn't that impressed with him as a cornerback. I oh. thought he was decent. I didn't I think he was like moving him back to me is not. Oh, we're gonna get better premium value. It's oh. let's just see if we can find some place for him to play. Well, we'll just we'll. See I just look at body type. Yeah, he 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 was getting carried uh, too many times. Um, the the tackle that Cheeto made on Marshawn Lynch. I don't care what Marshawn did afterwards and what he said to him on the bench. <laughs> um, he went back five yards, three yards, or whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, he 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 felt that just as much as Cheeto did. That looks like a safety type play to me. I'm, I, whatever they do is fine, and hopefully they'll bring another safety in. And you know, I'll be campaigning for that move if, if they um, along with you yeah. if they do that. But yeah, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, calm down. <laughs> All right, let's take our you final know you break. like that move. Too. Yeah, you do. Everybody. Does. I thought I thought I was the safety guy. That's been my thing since like mid-season last year. Well, but I think everybody, I think everybody, all of us are in agreement that if that were to happen, if that guy were to end up here, then I think. Oh, yeah, that's I what we're talking about. I wasn't even. If that guy ends up here. I think we're okay. all we're all, all right. very happy no. about something like that. I'm firmly just don't even. It's, don't even. <laughs> Let's deal it. I know we probably should the headline be E.T. Come home. Let's deal and like it. Oh my! He did say come get me, right? He said come get me, bring me home, right? Y'all are acting like fanboys right now. We are. Let's just deal in reality while we. All right. My God, if they could sign any LSU player, you'd be like, bring it. That's not true. I mean, not Patrick Peterson at the end of his contract. At the ready to go, he wants to come to Dallas. 
Would you not be geeked? If Arizona let Patrick Peterson go, I would assume it's because his play has dipped to an unbelievable degree. Because like that dude's never leaving there as long as he keeps playing. Not like the that. point. You didn't hear. You didn't answer my question. You'd want See, Dwayne. If Bo. for whatever reason Dwayne he was, Bo. if for whatever reason he was available, would you not be absolutely hey, geeked? Hey, did I not? Did absolutely. I not sit on this Jarvis podcast Land. three weeks ago and crap all over the idea of signing Jarvis Landry? True. He's not Patrick Peterson. True. Go to break. So, I'm just saying. Whatever. He's got that. Whatever. He said that. Right. He did say that. Now, if it was but he's o- not Patrick Peterson. If it was Odell. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. I got I the know. real one. I got the real The Badger. Oh. Oh, yeah. yeah. No doubt. Yeah. He's already blushing right now. Like, oh, yeah. Bring him over. Bring him over. It's my guy. All right. Let's take our final break. We'll come back. We're going to get some questions here, and uh, hopefully uh, you guys have some questions for us. Uh, we're also going to get a combine preview. Dave's got some players he's going to throw out. Uh, some players you may need to keep an eye on next week during the uh, NFL scouting combine. We'll do that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com radio. Cowboys fans know that the second best of anything simply won't cut it, and your skincare should be no different. A longtime locker room favorite of the players and the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Dallas-based Jack Black, is the number one best-selling men's skincare brand in the country because we make products that help guys look, smell, and feel better. Visit GetJackBlack.com Cowboys to get $10 off your first order of 50 dollars or more jack black look good smell good feel good official men's skincare brand of the dallas cowboys star sports tours is the only official fan travel partner of the dallas cowboys offering exclusive game weekend travel packages with sideline access and photo ops with current players alumni and cheerleaders that's not all though you'll get to talk x's and o's with senior director of player personnel will mcclay and of course with yours truly me brian broadis You can trust the official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, and with us, you'll travel like a pro. Visit CowboysTravel.com to book your travel package today. I hear all this talk about what it takes to be a cowboy. Everyone's got their ideas, but I just say to myself, it's what's up top that matters. Sure, you need men with the muscle and heart to get her done, but if your scouts and coaches are listening out there, a word of advice. Pick the man with the most well-worn Stetson. That's the one most cut out to be a cowboy. Stetson hats are handmade right here in Texas and have been on cowboys' heads for over 150 years. The rest of you can visit Stetson.com cowboy to find a retailer nearest you. What does it mean to be a Dallas Cowboys fan? It means you've got the passion and the heart to do your part supporting the boys no matter what. That's why when the game's on the line, you're on your feet, whether you're at home or in the stands. Actually, you're more than a fan. You are a member of Cowboys Nation, and so is AT&T, doing their part to keep you connected to America's team all season long. AT&T is a proud member of Cowboys Nation. Back to the break. Welcome back. It is the final segment of The Break Live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. We talked a little bit about franchise tag, and uh, now I want to talk a little bit about the combine. Let's look at some of these guys that are coming out of college, and uh, Dave filling the music over there. Give us a scouting report uh, for the combine that will start next week. Tell us a few names of some guys that you think are worth keeping an eye on, and I want you to, at some point in that, give us one guy that's become kind of your pet cat. One guy that in this process you've kind of fallen in love with, like, hey, I really like this player. If the Cowboys were to land this guy, it would be a game changer at whatever point, whether that's a first-round guy, whether that's a second, third, fourth-round guy. I at least want you to give us one of those guys, all right? Okay, yeah, I can do that. Um, all right, well, actually, here's the reason why I was not on y'all's wavelength at all about um, about Earl Thomas back there in the last segment is because I'm sitting here, I'm like, yeah, the Cowboys need a safety, and his name's Derwin James. 
uh, which right. And that's, that's the funny thing about the combine is like right here on February 21st, you know, we got the TVs in the studio, Jordan James of Florida state university. That's sorry. your thing. I know. I should not I have know. to remind you're right. You you're right. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Derwin James safety out of Florida state right. university. Um, right here on February 21st. Like we really have no idea. Like there's so much that still needs to be solidified, which to the point that Derwin James is a name you hear a lot for the Cowboys at 19. Like maybe he's in that, 12 to 19 range that it's realistic to think but we will be at the combine next week where a lot of these guys are going to um to work out run jump do all that stuff and derwin james is a physical freak uh like i i think i don't know if he's going to put up byron jones numbers but i think it'll be similar so physical freak physic i mean like his his actual physical makeup or in his his athletic ability his athletic i mean a little bit of both like i mean he's 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 a safety here i'll pull up his measurables uh i mean he's he can play strong he can play free oh he's oh my gosh that's that can't be right uh, yeah, no, he's he's six three two eleven ish, give or take. He can play strong. Like the size. He can play strong. He can play free. He can. He's played outside in a pinch. Um, the the Seminoles used him as like a nickel, a big nickel linebacker guy. Like he can do all that type of stuff for you. I think he'd be a day one starter here. Um, Interceptions. Does he? Does he well, get? He was hurt he one any? year. <laughs> well, I mean, just you know, is he around the balls? He yeah. make plays like that. I mean. Because you know, I mean, make the. I don't think Byron Jones, uh, when you looked at all of his stuff, you know, he has great numbers and, and he could run and jump. Obviously, uh, he well, he only played two games in 2016 because he tore his meniscus. He played 12 last year and had two, um, 84 tackles, five tackles for loss, two sacks, uh, or two picks. One of those returned for a touchdown. Um, I just he's he's got he's got sky high potential based mainly on his athleticism, which my point being is, I don't know that he'll still be a realistic candidate to be the Cowboys pick when he's done working out. Like when he's done running up, you think he's a safety that will jump up higher than 19. He's already in that range right now. When, so when he's, yeah. when he's done running like a four, four at his size and jumping four, four guy. I'm, I'm, yeah. I think he's going to put up some freaky oh. numbers. I'm just, I don't know. Let's, Let's not forget this aspect, and I don't care what teams will tell you that they don't think about it. I think they're lying. Jalen Ramsey, you know, for doing what he did, I, I just think it's it's hard for teams not to separate the two. And like, do we really want to pass on a guy like this? And and you know, I th- I just think guys that come from the same school, right? Yeah, large state. Yeah, just making sure I didn't. I wasn't thinking <laughs> of someone else. No, but I mean, when you get guys from the same school, I I just think it, it's just natural to be like. This guy was great. This guy looks like he's going to be great. You know, I mean, it, it, I'm sure it happens. Yeah, no, and, and it does. Well, it's interesting because, you know, safeties either go super high or they kind of fall. I mean, Earl Thomas went 10. Eric Berry was like five. Worth it, worth it. Malik Hooker should have been a top 10 pick last year, but he fell all the way down to 17, which mm. gives. And Derwin, like I said, he tore his meniscus two seasons ago, so. I'm holding out hope that he's a, so, a guy that they could draft, but I don't know how Is he good is. enough that if you got to, you give me the number 15, 16, and he was he, still on the board, that you would consider giving something up in order to go get it? It sounds like you listen to the draft show uh, because we had that argument. And, you know, Dane Brugler threw out a couple of names that, you know, Roquan Smith, the linebacker out of Georgia. East. Uh, and uh, I think Calvin Ridley was the other one, the wide, wide receiver out of Alabama. He said he'd go up and get those guys. But 
if Derwin James starts slipping to like the 15, 16, I would give up like a third round pick. And what if about, those guys are gone or with no, those o- guys over him, guys that over you, him. What about wait, over wait, them? Wait. Over them. Excuse me. If they, if they were still on the board, you would go up and get him. Well, who's getting mm. drafted here? I know. I'm just asking though. <laughs> Lamar Jackson. You put you put this guy as far as a talent. You put him above. I think Roquan Smith and above. Um, it's the receiver. I think in terms of the need on this team, because at the end of the day, I know you need an insurance policy for Sean Lee and Jalen Smith, but at the end of the day, you right now have two starting linebackers. And I, I said right now, I know. No, I, I agree with that. I, I'm trying to see what you're going to say about that other position, though. Wide, wide receiver. Yeah. Wide receiver, this class is loaded, and there's no reason you need to. You just, still can get good value. Yeah, there's okay. no reason you need to spend that pick on a wide receiver in my I, opinion. I, I, if the Virginia Tech linebacker. Tremaine Edmonds. Kind of falls a little bit, he would be a guy I think I would look at. That's It's it's so hard right now, and that's the big thing about the combine is East. it helps solidify. No doubt. Oh. Well, he ain't better he than not, Roquan Smith? It's well, Roquan Smith looks like a big old safety. I, I mean, think he doesn't play that way, but he kind of looks that Roquan way. Roquan Smith is more in the vein of your Deion Jones, like the modern, small, yeah, yeah. fast linebacker. Which I, this I guy think looks for like this Kirkland. defense, I, that's what I kind of want to see is the guy that can go sideline to sideline faster than anybody. Which, else. Right, but what if he looks like LeVon Kirkland doing it, like this <laughs> Edmonds guy? Is that the is that what he is? He's I mean, like Ed, Edmonds looks. He like, looks like a lineman. He looks like Erlocker. Like he's like six four, two forty five, big old. You know, he could play all three spots. Similar skill though. Yeah, I mean, he's just bigger. Bigger. Just, I don't think he's as I don't know. Not that as fast. He's probably not as fast as Roquan. I just remember this: when when the Cowboys, because we're gonna get thrown quarterbacks in your face every time you look at any draft thing. It's oh, what about you know Josh Allen? What about Baker Mayfield? As a Cowboy fan, you want them to just go crazy. Throw. Don't let the ball hit the ground at their pro day. Be off the charts. That's four spots ahead of you that have to be. Drafted and maybe Lamar Jackson, if he can have a great workout, he might somebody might five guy, yeah, maybe or wait. There's there's two ways to look at that. Do you want all you want a whole bunch of quarterbacks going and pushing players to you, or do you want quarterbacks lasting so that somebody at the back of the draft wants to jump up to nineteen and get their guy? Quarterbacks affect everyone. They really do. Dave's saying it. Yeah, right. Especially with Jerry. Jerry's proven there's been two occasions where a guy has fallen to them in the nineteen twenty twenty one spot. And they've traded out and got a pick next year. That's what I don't like, though, because I feel like right now what this team has is a, especially on defense, I feel like they have a lot of good players. They don't have enough catalytic players. They don't have enough players that change games. And and to me, you start dropping down into the 20s, and I think that's where you get to that really. And you guys, you can tell me how many guys in this this draft actually will have first-round grades. Usually it's somewhere around that 17, 18, 19 range. You start getting to the 20s, you're really drafting second-round talent. I I think the first round of this draft is pretty weak compared to— So it may even be higher than 19. Like, it may be 15, 14, 13. It's usually between 16 and 18, something like that. Did our response equal another response when you said that earlier this week? But you said it was kind of weak. We were just like, oh, okay. What? Earlier in the week, you and Brian had some yeah. good conversations. Well, no, yeah, we got in an Brad argument show. on the show. He was yeah. like, Dad, you're just being lazy, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> like, go look at 2016. Thanks. Go look at 2016 and all the studs but, that came out of that draft and tell me that this one looks as good to you. I don't, I don't know. But 
I I go back and forth on that because I mean Travis Frederick was pick thirty one, Demarcus Lawrence was pick thirty four. I know the Demarcus Lawrence they picked at the time and the one that's about to get paid are not the same guy. Well, that's the point. You get into the second round, your second round talent, your their second round is usually because of other things combined yeah. with their skill. Right? Well, that's the age either they haven't done it enough, or they got an injury, or something like that pushes them to second round talent. Right? What what happens in the war room if one of those quarterbacks fall? And and somebody says we're, we'll take your your pick. We'll take your draft pick for next year's one. Now, typically, Jerry loves that idea, but you've got a coach who can't go nine <laughs> and seven. Can't really get into the playoffs and not win a game. Help me now, and, and not you know yeah. get a uh, stay here next year. He's got to have to go a round or two deep in the playoffs, and so. You know, do I want to help? Oh, who am I helping next year? <laughs> I need I need players now. So that would be an interesting scenario if that happens, and the the coaches in the room going next year, my ass, <laughs> we've yeah. got to win now. My pet cat of all pet cats is a wide receiver by the name of DJ Moore out of the University of Maryland. Okay, uh, he's tell me about him. What does he do well? He's not impressive, like from a physical. No, 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 no. From a okay, from a physical standpoint. I say that's he's not like, a good pick. He's like five ten, two hundred pounds. But what's wrong with five ten? I mean, you don't play wide receiver in okay. the NFL. Good. Um, but he played at Maryland, which is they've been a dumpster fire for most. of I saw him up close and personal, but go ahead. Good. Well, good. Yeah, he. Yeah. Well, he. You so you know exactly what he. Can I do. want you to tell the listeners. Yeah. He he does a little bit of everything. Like he's a fantastic route runner. He's yeah. got fantastic hands. He can play outside even for a short. Highly guy. productive in college. Uh, he played at Maryland where he had eight different col- uh, quarterbacks during his college career. Um, caught 146 balls for 2000 yards and 17 touchdowns average 14 yards per catch and again this is i mean he was cycling through quarterbacks mm-hmm. like nobody's business no no passing threat whatsoever his junior year he caught 80 balls for 1000 yards and eight touchdowns was the big 10 receiver of the year for Maryland like in a conference that has Ohio State and Michigan and Penn State you know all these badasses he was the receiver of the year. Um, I'm stealing a line from Dane Brugler, but Dane always compares him to Steve Smith. That's which, exactly what I was thinking. How could you not He's love Smith. that? Absolutely. I didn't like, you know, he's a polished route runner. He's got awesome hands. He just gets, I mean, he's not going to go up and do, you know, he's not going to go up and out muscle people like Dez, but he's just going to be open all the time. I just, the one thing I don't like about and that is he's going to, he's going to give you a GMBO or a GOMB. Yeah. Every time he catches a ball, so yeah, I got to make sure you get those right. Right. Every yes. time he catches, like he's not, he's not just going down. You yeah. know, like he's gonna fight. I like that. Yeah. We need more of those. But what does worry me a little bit is it just adds to your list of sub six foot wide receivers, which you know, do you want speed? I mean, do you want size, or do you think you need more like, size? Does like it bother? Think, does it bother Antonio Brown? No, that's a good point. I don't care about. I mean, like, good point. And I'm not getting rid of Des Bryant, so I'm not forfeiting that. Yeah. So. Say that about Antonio Brown, um, but the guys around him, you know, like are, got a ton of big guys. Yeah, yeah. big guys around him. So I, you kind of wonder if you need a, more of a balance there. I mean, like, I I really like Christian Kirk a lot, and, and he's another small. And guy, he's right? another small guy who's mainly a slot guy too. So I don't know. I, I again, I'm a piggyback guy when it comes to the draft like most people are they 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 like other people's reports on what they see now now these guys on the draft show are watching the tape so you got to give them credit there one of the guys that i i like and i got dane kind of told me about it first and then i just started looking at him and 
running back North Carolina State, Naheem Hines. Mm, yeah. This guy, now, second, he might be too rich for you. He might be a guy like Davis saying, we're just, we'll work his, you know, run his way up the charts where, but track guy plays running back. Usually mm. you see track guys at receiver. Yeah. This guy, track guy, just thick. But but you know runs hard, but I mean he is explosive. Is he a guy dynamic. that might get into that four three four? four Maybe range? I, I don't know exactly. I mean if he's a track guy, he's got to be in that in that range. You think? Uh, you know, but he's I think watching what Kamara did last year, you know that type of guy can help teams. I mean the Cowboys still want that guy. They they want they wanted Lance Dunbar to work. Would you take a running back in the second day of the draft? In the second yes. day, yeah, I think. In the second day, yes. yes. Second, now in the second round. day, you're talking second, second third round. Third would, round. You, would you take a, a running back in the second, third round? That's a great question. Third round. Yeah, you would. I mean, but I don't know if Hines, you know, the, the problem about that is, is Hines has to prove that he is a every down type of back because I think with this team, with what we've seen, you, you, you need you need to get a guy that can say, all right, if something happens to Zeke, even if it's a game or two. Yeah, I, I would. And that's Dunbar couldn't do that. I've heard you talk about that guy before, and I know Dane and Brian talk about him. I'm, I'm, I'll just give me three war daddy running backs. Like you, I mean, you got Zeke. Rod Smith is six three. Just give me another well-rounded, bigger. That's you okay taking fourth, fifth. Right? Yeah, you don't I, want well, you don't want your Chris Thompson type guy. You don't want that. You don't want that short little speed guy. I would rather just. I mean, preferably he can catch the ball, but like he doesn't need to be so specialized that he's like Lance Dunbar, you know, like you, you can find a running back who's 5'11", 210, who can catch the ball, you know, because because I think what people forget about Kamara, too, is that he, he could run the ball right up the middle. Oh, absolutely. And, and he did it well. Yeah. Kamara is well. not a super small guy. No, no, no. He's just compact. Um, He looks kind of thin to me, but I don't know. Maybe that's just the way who? he looks. Kamara. I'll be a real homer for a sec since I just said I wasn't. Uh, and I'm just throwing this out there as an example. But Daryl Williams, senior running back out of LSU, he was stuck behind first-round picks his whole career. He better than guys? I mean, no. you're, not saying, you're just saying he's <laughs> absolutely not. just a good guy that didn't he's get on a, the field. Though. He's a solid running back who didn't see a lot. I mean, he didn't see as much of the field as he would have at almost any other program. Uh, really good player, can catch the ball, powerful guy, could do everything you need him to. You could probably get him in the fourth or fifth round and – Bring him on. And let's and let's not forget that. Guys like that, I mean, they don't have a ton of wear and tear on him. Good point. Because yeah. yeah. he's he's already – I think – I mean, because of how much this team leans on the run and because of how much you can't count on Zeke, at least that's what we've seen so far, uh, I, I think running back is a sneaky concern. And I like Rod Smith, but he's only under contract for one more year. Like, get me another guy who's going to be on a four-year deal who can come in here and – will cost less than an Alfred Morris and has less tread on his tires than an Alfred Morris. I think that's a, a, I mean, preferably not in the third round, but if you told me it was like just a badass, I'd be okay with it. All right, let's take, uh, we appreciate you guys joining us. We are back in two weeks. Next week, you you should make sure you check out the draft show. We'll have it running every day next week, except for Tuesday, I think it is. We might Um, be joining the show on Tuesday. We might, yeah, we might do a joint show next week, but just stay tuned for the web, to the website. We'll let you know when all the shows are going to happen, but definitely will be some live show, uh, shows happening at the, at the uh, combine next week. So until then, for Nick Eatman and Dave Helm, and I'm Derek Eagle, this has been The Break, live on DallasCowboys.com Radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys?